In this episode of Travel Trends and Tings, the crew discusses travel and media in the culture. What makes content relatable? We also take a first look at what travel might be like after COVID. Are you willing to get the vaccine? Let's travel and turn up. Hey. Hey. Yo. What's good, fam? Looking for the perfect travel podcast? We We got got you. you. We're travel entrepreneurs that have been to every inch of the globe. Representing the U.S., the U.K., the Caribbean, and Africa, we cover the entire diaspora. So check us out at TravelAndTurnUp.com. Come travel with us every week, link with the diaspora, and become a better, more informed traveler. Um, David, can I, I, before we start though, can I just go back to you? What did you call insecure and shameful <laughs> or something like that? Cause that made me laugh. Sorry. I just, Wait, why is insecure and shameful? no, no, no. I just forgot the name. Why do you hate I it? I just forgot the name. No, he just didn't know the name of the, he didn't know the name of the show. Cause you know what I mean? Are they you, don't watch no, HBO. They don't watch HBO on that side of the pond. It. It's just me that I haven't got around to it. <laughs> That's how we know you're not breathing. Because if you were with a real black woman, oh, that's a fact. Would, that is a big fact. She would have you watching, especially come on on quarantine night on Sunday evening. That's a good point. You definitely will be hearing. Yeah, you will be hearing. That's a big fact. And not only would she have you watch it, but you will have to like engage in hypothetical discussions over whether or not hey. her friend is like Molly. <laughs> Or if if her friend is like Tiffany, or if you were her, or you know what I mean, and Tiffany came, would you have sex with her? All sorts of wild hypothetical questions. So that's how, yeah, yeah, Tiffany's spot on. So, so, so either you're single, either you're single, or you're dating a non-black. Is this the test? (laughs) Oh, and uh, Doctor Umar already told you what to do about dating. Yeah, I mean, dating the (laughs) non-blacks. Oh man. <laughs> that's what you have to start asking people um, now. Hello. Uh, do you watch Insecure? That's your that way. That's your test. Do you <laughs> I'm watch asking Tiffany if that's if that's her test. No. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> who am I? Who am I asking if they watch Insecure? So, oh, like asking a guy. Oh, so if I ask a guy if he watches Insecure, then I know if he has a boo or yeah. not. Oh, no, but you yo, know. <laughs> that's the WeeBay gift. That's you can smell something. No, but the thing is, some guys do watch it on their own, and I can't even ask them because it's a good show. Yeah, that is true. That is it. true. It is a yeah. good show. I really enjoy it. I've enjoyed it from the beginning. Oh, yeah, have you guys watched this other one? Yeah. I think it's Black AF, something like that. Wait, wait, wait. No, I didn't watch it. It wasn't black enough for me. Black AF? I actually, I think that show's great. I like that show. I've heard so many mixed things. I don't know. Because I think a lot of people on Twitter were saying it's kind of like a black show made for a white audience. Something like that. Which doesn't make, that doesn't make any sense at all. You know what I think it is? I actually have a theory behind this. I have a theory behind this. All right. So You're playing on your kufi hat now. I mean, (laughs) it got to go on for this, though. No. No, look, look, look. It doesn't necessarily mean. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on, Mister Consciousness. <laughs> he, just, he, he just said a theory. We but it's definitely consciousness. Listen, listen. let me say it like this. You know why I think the critic. You know where I think the criticism from the show comes from because it's centered around a black man who's mm-hmm. like balling, like who's for real. He's about this money. He's balling, but he's not a criminal. He's not an athlete. 
and he's not doing like magic or anything crazy like that. Literally, all he does is like corporate stuff, yeah. makes a lot of money and just lives his corporate life or whatever. Right. And I feel like that rubs you the wrong way, because if it was a black woman, like, yes, because like when scandal, how to get away with murder, all those black mm. women in suits that are lawyers making all this money. Nobody said is made for a white audience. You know what I mean? Oh, you're, yes, girl. Yeah, that's all you heard or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah if yeah. it's if it's a if it's a black dude making money off the sports like um what's that show all american or the other show um the game or something like that what about um blackish and that's what i'm, oh, I'm about to get to that i'm about to get to that then again right, people cool. don't have a problem with that right because it's like oh okay he's making his money off of sports that's relatable that's realistic for some reason that's realistic right but then if it's like um criminal same thing right making money off of drugs blah blah no one has anything to say no one say that's for a white audience right even though like the almost unrealistic thing happens in those type of criminal shows, but nobody will say that that's for a white audience. But the minute it's a black man just making money off of some corporate stuff where he's the center, not his wife, not like a woman, not a head, he's the center, then, then all of a sudden we're going to nitpick and we're going to find issues with it. And it's the same thing with Blackish, because Blackish is the same thing where it's basically just based on his life or whatever, like, you know, where he's like, again, a black man in corporate America, really, really doing it big. And like telling white people what to do, and it's just like making a comedy out of it, basically. But um, go ahead, Tiffany. Why? Wow. Let me let me hear you cape cape now for the for the white man. Go ahead. <laughs> well, let's fall back a little bit. No, because look at shows. I mean, I mean, it's old shows, but shows like The Cosby Show in a different world where we had um black fathers who were in who were uh, family figures who were making a lot of money and leading the um, family or the community in a positive manner. It's not that we disregard that and say, oh, it's not black enough. I think people were saying that, okay, let me just be honest. I haven't watched the show um, <laughs> only because I've been preoccupied doing other things, but um, uh, I think it's because the characters that they, they chose were like mixed characters as opposed to like full-on black characters this is just what i'm hearing not even what i know for a fact so i'm not even speaking of facts i didn't look into the details i just know it's rashida jones on there i don't know anybody else who's on there but i know somebody brought up it was um it was a snippet of the show where they were trying to i i think they were at a resort and they were saying who they can go speak to and they were looking for another black family and then an African family walked in. They're like, oh, there goes an African family. Like, nah, we can't talk to them. Africans always think they're better than black people in the States. So people started bringing that up as a conversation piece. But um, I can't say if it's it's black enough. I mean, who can define what's black enough? If a person, if a black person is getting money and not eating fried chicken, you know, at night, is that not black enough? I think we need to stop, um, stop identifying different layers of blackness. Like, why, why can't it just be a black show? Maybe because it's identified black, black um, as AF or whatever it is, um, the title of the show. But who, who designs the spectrum? of what qualifies as black enough and when do you cross the zone from being not black enough to oh this is black enough i feel like that's part Who of the does? problem and i'm glad you brought it up yeah yeah go ahead david no i was just gonna say yeah i think that's part of the problem where there's so many things where you know people come out and say oh this isn't black enough this is black enough because we have so many varied experiences 
not just you know within the diaspora but also within our communities across classes and so i feel like uh, there's one level where it seems like the only accepted stories are the ones that involve some form of struggling and then if it's not struggling then it's maybe some kind of aspirational thing but then even then I think what Jude was trying to say is that it's only in certain scenarios that people will still think, ah, this is realistic or this is kind of what I will accept as reflecting day-to-day life. So I don't know, it's tricky. I think we just need to move beyond because my issue is for white people, for anyone else, they have all the other movies. Like there's a whole range of from from successful people to poor people to crazy people and nobody's ever like, oh, this doesn't represent white culture. Like, because you mm-hmm. can have yeah, anything. It's sure. fiction. Like, it's made up. Whereas I feel like with us, I don't know. I just think we need to move beyond things where everything has to relate somehow to your specific situation. Like, it can it cannot relate to you. That's okay. As long as the show is good, the fiction is good, the story is good, I think that's what should matter. And also, you know, we should also be willing to embrace, like, other types of stories even if we don't feel like as a culture or as a society we're partic- we're kind of there yet but it should be okay for you know stories to center around successful black women or successful successful black men and also just seeing you know healthy black families in general because i feel like that's something that at least historically we haven't always seen as much of Wait, it's two things that you said, uh, David, but I'm only going to speak on one. One, it was, you said um, it doesn't have to be relatable. I think it's the opposite. People like to watch things where they can relate Mm. and be like, oh yeah, that's the beautiful thing about Insecure because there's certain things on there that's so freaking funny that you can relate to or it's a girlfriend or a guy friend who told you a story. It's relatable and that's what makes it so funny. But one thing you mentioned about with struggle struggling and I, it's, you hit the nail on the head in a sense of black stories always have to incorporate struggling for us to relate and that's the one thing i would say i hate about like 12 years of slave mm-hmm. 12 years of slave i wanted to fight somebody Django. uh uh what's that beast of no nation man i wanted to fight idris after that i'm so wow. serious i wrote a, a comment yeah, I wrote a comment. Not like he cares about little old me, but I wrote a comment. <laughs> on his page. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You wrote even hate mail. You wrote, you wrote a comment on his. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, what I wrote. Listen, what I wrote. I said, "Listen, what I wrote." And just what we need: another um film depicting Africa in a negative uh-huh. light. You have the power to turn down movies. You have the power to turn down movies or to tell um, a producer, look, I'm not going to rape a little boy in a scene. Like that made me, I wanted to, I was fist fighting the air when I saw Beast of No Nation because tell me, please name one or two movies that paint black people in a positive light that has received a lot of recognition. Tons, what was the, hold on. Look what Halle Berry had. Look what Halle Berry had. But here's the thing. So hold on, Tiffany. I don't want to get too far away because people do come to this podcast for travel. But what you just said about <laughs> that's, true, right? that's, what, that's what they listen for. Right? But if you um 
if I if we were to nobody's trying listen, to do listen, if we were news, to make news updates, no no no, no but just for the culture we're just turning up this discussion I think actually <laughs> applies beautifully to travel and the black travel movement because the number one criticism that I think we've all heard about the black travel movement and black traveling is it's elite AF, right? It's mm, only for the okay, elites. Yeah, oh, true. looking down on people who don't travel. Oh, it's not, you know, realistic to black people. So if, if someone was to make a movie about the black travel movement or about like, you know, a couple black people or across the diaspora who all went to Ghana for the return or something like that, that movie would look super elite and quote unquote unrelatable to a large amount of the population. You were talking about insecure. The reason why not insecure. Sure. Hold on, hold on. But the reason why Insecure is relatable that people don't want to talk about is because in the show, and Issa does this person um purposely, is she she's broke, right? She's behind on bills, like um, you know what I mean, she's struggling to make rent and all the decisions that come into when, you know, the dude Lawrence at the beginning was sleeping on people's couches, like everyone can relate to that, right? If you're gonna make a movie about how people are putting together two bands to take vacations, about how people were flexing with their passports in front of the um the Louvre or in front of like you know um the pyramids and something like that. Yeah. Like yeah, that's gonna look super elitist. Like you know what I mean? I know you say it's not true, but it is. Yeah, I mean, true. go ahead. So me go up. ahead. Yeah, yeah, let me hear you. Go ahead. So first of all, with, with insecure people don't just relate to Issa; they relate to Molly as well. And Molly is mm-hmm. what uh, an attorney but, who's doing extremely. But Molly's well, the number one or, character people complain about. Molly's the number one character that people complain about on the show. The number one character. Wow. Oh my god, here we go. (laughs) But you see what I'm saying? It allows you to even relate where like you know what I'm saying? Like what I'm trying to say is like let's see if I get a traveling one. Because I'm I'm actually right now um pitching something related along those lines. So it's not about the people who are traveling who's relatable. It's where are you traveling to? The people who you're connecting with, the experiences that you have when you travel. I don't want to see someone at the loo with their passport and their passport stamps. I want to relate to that person in traveling through the experiences. And it's the experiences that can make people more relatable because I'll say, for instance, when you have people from different locations traveling on the same tour, even when you get, like when we have South Africans traveling to Ghana and they're on the same tour with um, people from Black people from the States traveling to Ghana for the first time and Ghanaians look at the South Africans somewhat in the same light as they look at um, the Black people traveling from the diaspora as someone who is a foreigner. You can have people relate through travel aside from people flashing fancy passports if whatever a fancy passport is because right now that means absolutely nothing but you know oh this person is able to travel to this this place and i'm not able to travel there everyone eventually wants to get out of their home and experience something new so Mm -hmm. that's a line that people can relate to or that's a storyline that people can relate to it's not just evolved around that person getting on a plane i don't want to see a person get on a plane sitting in first class you're right i can't relate to that but i can relate to them feeling as a stranger in a new world that they're trying to explore don't steal my storyline because I'm coming out with a soon <laughs> in Netflix. So it, it, you can make traveling relatable. You can make traveling relatable. Man, you know, I don't know though. I think it's a mix because I definitely get what Judy was saying in, in terms of travel, just from the perspective that, but I, I don't know if it's just the, when I think about it realistically, I think we don't have as much of, because the, the, the cheapest way to travel is like backpacking, right? 
And I just think we don't backpack like that. But on top of that, I also think as black people, um, there's a lot less places where it's even safe or, or it's easy enough for you to backpack. There's, you can't just walk out into the middle of some countries and put your thumb up and you think someone's just going to pick you up and take you somewhere safely. That's not going to happen. A lot of these things. Yeah, that's a, yeah, it that's a horror movie. Wait, it works if that's a horror movie. If you're like a cute white girl with wait, blonde hair, wait, wait, you can wait. go out in the middle of the street and put your put your thumb up. And isn't that backpacking? Is that backpacking? That's all the same thing. Man. That's, I mean, it's the same thing. In my mind, I'm yeah, just thinking the people that wear the big those big backs backpacks. <laughs> yeah, the big there, the super like look like they're climbing mountains. The Kajankan flag or whatever. You have plans to travel out with a big backpack. Backpack is not hitchhiking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you sleep in the hostel on a bunk bed with like eight different people. Okay, Again, on. I'm not doing no, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, have you? I mean, I've done that before. Hostel really? living with is kind of fun. Um, and no, I had. I had we're strangers. It is fun. I mean, it's fun. It's a little bit of like the boarding school, college experience. Mm. So it is kind of fun. Um, I had a horrible experience yeah. though, like in Rome when I stayed at a hostel and, um, my like roommate, the guy I just met like a couple hours earlier was plowing <laughs> some chick that he just met an hour earlier on top of my bed, on top of my headphones. Bro, I was so mad. Like I was oh so gosh. tight that like, cause you know, I walked back in the room. And he's on first, he was on my bed. So that was like, that's the first violation. But you know, I mean, I'm trying oh, to be a good man. bro. So I'm like, all right, you know what? I was going to go ahead and take the top bunk and fall asleep and act like nothing's going on. And then I'm like, where are my headphones, bro? And I seen this shit hanging out like the back of her asshole. I was so tight, dog. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Nah, that's tight. Yeah, man. So I mean, I've, had, I've had the hostile experience before. I've had the hostile experience before. That could be a fun before. story. Fun. That could be a good series. It could be series, fun. You know what I mean? I'd watch that. But yeah, see, it's things like that. And then the stories you hear of people getting robbed and kidnapped and all that stuff. That's why I'm like, I... All that happens. All that happens. All that happens. Yeah, but all that's hostile. No, no, no. But I think Wait, backpacking. Are you that's, yeah, backpacking. No, backpacking though, Tiffany. Oh, backpacking. So, yeah, you're talking because when people think backpacking, they specifically think about Europe, though. In fairness to, I think what Tiffany is saying, mm. and, and I mean, so well. for example, job and Asia as well. Yes, yes, anywhere with train service, basically, right? Yeah. But backpacking is a different thing in South America. It's a different thing in Africa. So, for example, Jalaf Road. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with them, but you know they essentially was essentially backpacked through Africa, through West Africa, down um, um, into South, um, Southern Africa oh, by road. You know what oh. I mean? Yeah, Jell Off Road. And they, they, they made a blog post and, you but know, they had their own car and like they had their own car. Okay, I think cool. they hired a car. So I think I think their car like broke down at one point. They hired another car. It's like it's a crazy. I mean, but it was just fun. Right. And mm. it's like five or six younger Africans just, you know, just traveling and exploring the world. And that was extremely fun to follow. Um, so like that, that is backpacking to Tiffany's point in South America. Also, I know we hear about, you know, um, people taking the Che Guevara, uh, thing where they get like on a motorcycle and they go all the way from like the tip of South America to the bottom of South America by motorcycle. So that's also backpacking in a way as well. Um, but I think historically though, when people think, oh, I'm backpacking for the summer, they think I'm backpacking through Europe or through Asia where, you know, I'm getting on trains and overnight trains and sleeping at hostels type of thing. And that's like a strictly... European, Eurasian thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, but they, they, they have backpacking experiences in Africa. Actually, shout out to Becky of Curiosity, who is, um, he has one backpacker, um, backpacking hostel, which they're doing hostel slash hotels. He has one in Johannesburg, one in Durban, and the, he's the first landlord of a hotel in Cape Town, and he's all of 27 years old, but built, um, started out in the industry with hostels. So I don't, the thing with backpacking to me is I don't like sharing bathrooms. Mm. So that whole sharing rooms and sharing a bathroom type vibe is not my, not my speed. And I think with how much backpacking backpackers or hostels charge, I think uh, Airbnb provides an affordable alternative. So I'd rather just pay a couple extra dollars and do an Airbnb for a night and have a place to myself instead of backpacking and having to be mm. around strangers. You know, it's nothing worse than sharing a bathroom with a stranger. But do you see, once again, you don't talk about relatable. You know who Tiffany's relatable to? Rich people. <laughs> every week, every week, Tiffany comes in here and flexes like, her, her, her bank account on us. And I, I just don't understand it. Uh, seriously, every week, Tiffany comes in here to just let us know how broke we are, man. I mean, geez, I always talk about traveling affordably. <laughs> I always talk about, talk about living within a budget. Like, come on, you know how much I rented my place out and I moved for this month? Three hundred dollars. Who's who's doing that? No one's doing. G- David, I know you're not whoa, living that type of life. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa, wow! Straight shade. rent was your bottle service was your bottle service for in the house last week. Like, come on. It's just about living within your means. Living within <laughs> your means. Man, I'm not even listening to Tiffany no more. So, Tiffany, like, I want—I actually wanted to ask you this. So, what are you going to do when, you know, they're about to open things up, probably. I think we'll start opening up things in major cities in North America and Europe in the next two weeks, slowly. But I anticipate by the end of the fall, by, like, September, like, travel will be back open up. But, what are you going to do when they start saying mm-hmm. that the only way to travel is if you have um, the COVID vaccine? Because I know you hate, you Ooh, hate that's taking a good, shots. That's a good question. Great question. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking a vaccination. A vaccination won't be available until next year. So I think prior to them, say, for instance, for traveling this year, you're going to have proof that you've either had the um had the virus and you were treated for it you don't have the virus or you're willing to take the test there so i'm willing to show a verification that i don't have the virus or um look at alternatives to testing but i'm not taking a vaccination so how am i going to get around it i got people who got people who got people now i'm just saying but it's just like um with certain people like with the yellow fever vaccination which is required i know people mm-hmm. who receive yellow vaccination cards by just paying under the table you know um i don't want any of the boys coming knocking down my door but i'm just saying um i'm not taking a vaccination that's just it under no circumstances i'm not taking a vaccination from this okay state. but what if it was from like someone else not like a guy that's I don't all know. Like dubai madagascar oh no no somewhere. madagascar no hold on they're president <laughs> he said he had it he said he had the cure, dog. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and it's an herbal cure. It's an herbal cure. If that would if that would qualify as a vaccination, then I would do it. But he says the cure, not a vaccination. It's just the cure. So um 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not taking a vaccination. I think uh, not. I think, but moving forward, you're going to have to show a certificate to fly. Even I'm thinking of how we have to change our policies and our our release of liabilities and our booking conditions. We're going to have to put a clause in there. Mm-hmm. Have you um, tested for COVID? Um, have you previously had it? Do you understand that by traveling, you're taking a risk to expose yourself? We have to, you know, start including and incorporating this language into our travel documents for clients. So to answer your question, I'm not taking a I'm not taking a vaccination. I mean, I feel like I wouldn't mind taking I just want to see other people take it first. That's my only thing. As long as I don't think there's gonna be any big conspiracy behind it. I just know that especially if they're rushing to try and get something out there. Whatever it is that comes out first might not be, you know, the final, the perfect version of it. So I might wait for a bit, but I feel like I'd, I'd get it eventually because I want to travel. I want to go places. I'm not trying to stay here. But how long is the bit? I mean, I think it's easy. I think everyone's, everyone is going to say, yeah, I'm not going to be the first few. I'm going to nah, wait. Like for, how long are you waiting months, for? A couple months because the, especially once I see white people taking it. Just because I know all these <laughs> businessmen and people, you know, rich people that have places to go, they will be the first in the queue. Yeah, and they'll be the absolute first. They're not going to let them it, yeah. die. So as long as, you know, <laughs> they're safe, then whatever they took, I will take also. Wait, 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 wait. So you think you're going to get the same thing as your, your fellow um, comrades? <laughs> You think they're really going to start using white people as guinea yeah. and then go ahead and give you... Nah, there's got to be. I know that. Oh, I know boy. that. Even yeah, even in the travel community, so? there's going to be some travel bloggers, you know, the rich, you know, Caucasian ones, and they will take it and then they'll be blogging about the experience and I'll be eating it up. I'll be like watching. And then when I've seen that they've been safe for like a couple of weeks, then I'm going to go. <laughs> then you're in yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> But our bodies, our bodies react differently to things that your fellow comrades can, you know, expose themselves to. So, I'll let you try it wow. first, and then I'll see how it, how it works with you. You know, in UK, you guys have to get it first. You <laughs> well, I mean, know, yeah, yeah. you know, they're already. I, I know, I know, nobody cares about this, but they're already doing trials in the UK. I know, and everyone's like, "Don't do the trials in Africa," but they've already been doing trials in Europe for the last month or so, mm-hmm. and they're going to continue to do so to get this vaccine out because, like David says, like the first people that are affected by this are, you know, most of travel is business travel, are businessmen, yeah. people that need to travel places to get these deals done. So. You know, they're the people that have their foots on on the government's neck. Like, yo, come on. Like, we, you know, we, we got shit to do. So, you know, give us something so we can we can you know get the ball rolling again. So I do think that, that they will be the absolute first people in line to take it. And I agree with everything you guys are saying that they're probably not going to give them anything bad or, or, or unsafe. So my whole thing is like once that starts, you know, I'm 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 ready to kick it up and go again. You know, like, I don't know. I, I think I'm also just that kind of person. So. I'm I'm ready to I'm I'm ready to get back to it personally. And if that's what's required to travel, then that's what's required to travel. The the question okay. is, do you think do you guys think it will affect overall travel um and business in general? Like do you guys think it'll affect like away to Africa or Bible Spike Club, what you guys are doing? If that's what's gonna be required? Uh, no, I don't think a vaccination I don't think um 
so many people are that conscious where they're going to allow a vaccination to keep them in the house. A traveler is a traveler is a traveler. What do I have to get? There are like we we have um, clients who refuse to get the yellow fever vaccination. Like even for this um, our previous tour in Kenya, it was one gentleman who refused to get it. Very um, health conscious gentleman from the UK, and he made it in without it. He just talked to some people and he made it in without it. Um, but it's not going to keep people inside. And I think I mentioned this before. We have an increase of mm-hmm. interest of people like, look, I've been having it on my to-do list. You know what? You were right. I'm getting out now. When can we start touring? Do you have tours in May, June? What's the earliest we can get out? Like people are fiending for it. Like, let me get that hit. Let me get that travel hit. Like people are fiending to get out of the house, especially in the States and in the UK. You know, so um, I don't think it's going to hinder um, traveling. I think what's going to hinder traveling are just the the borders reopening. What what the new policies um, for airports? You know, it's going to take some time to really catch up to to understand how to navigate the the airports again after this is um, yeah after they start reopening uh, borders. So I think it's going to slow down because the travel industry has to somewhat rehabilitate mm-hmm, if that makes mm-hmm, sense but mm-hmm. i don't think people's interest is going to slow down yeah well, what about i mean one thing that will slow down is cost like david do you think things are going to get travels going to be more expensive this next year or cheaper I'm not even sure, you know, I think at the beginning, it's definitely going to be cheaper because a lot of airlines are going to want to entice people to get back traveling again. Because like Tiffany was saying, I think it will be a little slow to get back up to full speed in terms of people feeling comfortable traveling. Because again, as much as you might have taken the vaccine, especially if you're one of the first people out, you know, there might be different strains of the coronavirus that we don't know. And especially if you're traveling to maybe kind of exotic locations or places with less medical regulation, you might not completely trust that they fully locked down and contained everyone that has had it or has had something similar. So I think it will take a while to get back up to full speed and a lot of airlines will have to make things cheaper to compensate because so many airlines have been taking big hits. Virgin is still on the ropes. They might go, go under at some point soon if they don't get rescued. Um, I think some airlines in the U S were struggling as well. So again, we'll have to see what happens with those because I think they, they just need, they will need customers. They'll need people to trust them. They'll need people to start traveling. And so I think they'll definitely need to kind of entice people to start traveling. However, on the flip side, the one thing that might make it expensive is that I was he- I was hearing that I can't remember if it's Delta or one of the US airlines or maybe two of them were saying that when they do start up again, they're going to just do like they're not going to sell tickets for the middle row or for the middle. Yeah, for the middle seat. In yeah, I saw that. I don't know how realistic that is. <laughs> See, yeah, I so I don't know that if is. that's true. Like, if if they're actually going to go ahead with that, but if they do, then the ticket prices are going to go way up because that they're, they're reducing the each flight by a third. Correct. So it's going to be way more expensive yeah. then. And that's my fear. I think that I personally think things are going to be super expensive. Like, I think, think? now is the time. 
yeah, I think now's the time when all airlines are saying, oh, you know, uh, we'll give you 12 months and you can cancel at any time for refunds. Like now's the time to take advantage of all that stuff. Because I think the minute they open it up, okay. quote unquote, officially, yeah. it's like, okay, travel is open again now. I think everything's going to, price is going to shoot up for the very reason that you just said. Like they're going to, people are going to want to recoup their costs. They're going to know that um, anyone traveling at this moment either really, really wants to travel or has to travel. So those are two reasons you can push prices up. Um, so like, I'm, I'm really scared that travel at the end of this year is going to be super expensive. I'm, I'm terrified about that, actually. I just want to make sure I have my vaccine first. I mean, I know, I know not everyone will take one, but I feel like as long as I have one, I will feel more safe to travel. And I don't mind. I've been kind of up for doing, I don't know if you'd call it backpacking, but traveling through, <laughs> traveling through a few, a few countries rather than just doing one trip. So it's probably a good time to do something like that, where you just kind of go to a region and travel around a bit, if you can take the time off. Just because I think, yeah, like you say, if it's going to be costing a lot more, just doing individual trips could get really expensive. I definitely agree. I definitely agree. Um, All right, so David... Oh, I'm sorry. Before we get there. Oh, so you guys, you guys were mentioning airlines struggling. Tiffany, any word, last words for South Africa Airlines? I'm actually upset because I had a travel credit with them that I need to make sure I cash oh, in really? before they fully go underwater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, that's the thing. The thing yeah, with air miles as well, though. Like even with, with Virgin, I mean, I don't yeah. have air miles specifically with Virgin, but I really wonder what will happen to those types of things. Like if an airline was to go under, and people had um, air miles or credit with them. What would happen? I don't know. They should, but... they should allow you to assist their company. So, say for instance, with South African Airways, um, they um, partner with JetBlue. So you can use South African Airways um, points towards your JetBlue account, and vice versa. So I think um, most of, most airline carriers are part of a, a larger conglomerate. And perhaps mm-hmm. they will allow you to transfer your points to another airline company, but who really knows? But with South African Airways, um, you know, they've been, uh, the government, South African, uh, South Africa's government has built out South African Airways for years. And I think South African Airways, I love that the um, airline carrier because of their roots and the affordability. However, their planes were cocked. Their planes were cocked and they still were moving with the mentality because they had a monopoly over the industry during apartheid. And I don't think they really changed up their game once apartheid ended. So um, while the government has said they're not going to bail them out, let me go back a little bit also. A birdie told me that even though they were they've reached hard times, they weren't in that bad of a times because United had offered to um, purchase some of their fleet and they turned it down. And then what they ended up doing is they they ended some of the routes that they were uh, providing. This is pre-COVID. And then they, um, they brought new planes. They were refurbished planes, but that direct flight from Johannesburg to New York, they started receiving new planes, but Previously, they didn't have the USB cords in uh, economy, only in business class access for you to mm-hmm. plug in your USB cord. The new planes mm-hmm. provided it all throughout. So they were making moves even without the support of the government. But now the government says we're no longer billing you out. So I think they said they're going to 
open a new subsidiary of South African Airlines. So it's going to be another South African-based airline company that's going to come and pick up some of the routes. What I was saying is it would be amazing if a group of Black investors, African Mm -hmm. investors, whether on a continent or throughout the diaspora, but definitely on a continent and throughout the diaspora, if they can pool in their money and start buying these suites, get some pilots and start offering strictly intra-Africa flights and also obviously coming from the diaspora into the continent. But aside from Kenyan Airways and Ethiopian Airways, you don't have too many major players, which is the reason why if you're flying from South Africa to Morocco, you must fly to Europe in order to get from South Africa to North Africa. So I think someone should buy up the fleet who has an interest in um, African routes. And then also they should pick up that direct route from West Africa to Jamaica because We've been talking about that for years, and we really need that. Imagine if you had a flight from from west from West Africa to Jamaica, you wouldn't have to worry about going to the states. And even if you can go from now from the Caribbean into South America, do you know how many people will skip out on going to the states because they say, "Oh, you know what? I can make two vacations out of one. Why don't I go ahead first and then add on and go to another place?" So. That's my opinion with South African Airways. I think it's an opportunity for another group of investors to come and and do it how it's supposed to be done with providing uh, service on the continent. For sure. And also Rwanda Air is also struggling too. So, you know, prayers out to them. And as always, we'll keep the, the audience updated as we do more trends and things, as we get more updates. Um, so let's close out today's episode. David, it's your turn for the... Big Shun, what you got for us, bro? You guys know Oxlade, right? No, hip us. Oxlade. Okay, so he just dropped, I think it was just now, he dropped a tune called Away. So y'all need to, it's on, so I think the album is Oxygen and Away is one of the tunes on there. So. All right. Talk to y'all soon. Peace. Sweet. to the podcast and leave us a five-star review find more information about any topics or destinations discussed by following us on social media search travel and turn up 
That's T-A-R-V-E-L-N-T-U-R-N-U-P on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Travel more, say less.